Welcome to another episode of It's Just Pennies. This is the Stock Whisperer. Before you enjoy today's episode, let me just state this. I am not a financial advisor, so if you're looking for financial advice, please seek an investment professional. The episode that you're about to hear is strictly for educational and informational purposes only. Hello, my OTCers. How's everyone doing today? Hope everyone is enjoying or enjoyed that short week of trading because Friday for the United States, it was considered, I mean, people call it Good Friday. So the market wasn't open. Um, I took some time to read through some of the group chats, try to catch up with people. And, you know, some people are still mentally just defeated, it feels like. So before we get started, I do want to share a quick quote. I saw this quote come across Instagram. I think it's Mr. Florida's favorite real estate agent or Mrs. Florida. But on the quote, it says, everything you thought of, everything you thought was drowning you is actually teaching you how to swim. So think about it. Think about that quote. Think about your frustrations. Think about what you learned and go from there. So me personally, when it came to these short weeks, I, I used to hate was considered long weekends, the three weekends, because, you know, I'm, I'm, I enjoy the stock market, but I've learned to embrace it. For me, I spend time, of course, with my family, trying to just do some additional things that maybe I wouldn't necessarily be able to do when, when, if not given an extra day off, right? If, if they didn't have to go to school, if the kids didn't have to go to school, just doing things like that. And then I also like to, to point out that I use the additional time to study and continue researching. I still plan, dream of being the absolute best trader in the world. So understanding and being able to trade everything is what I feel I need to do. It's not about, uh, in my personal opinion, how much you can make or show off, because that might not even be your cup of tea. Like you might be super low key or just like to be out of the way. But in my opinion, personally, it's about how much or who you can impact and how much money you can help them make. And can you create something that can help others and be passed down? To me, those who I have identified are some of the best traders. They do that very well. There's going to be rough days. There will be times where you, you, you say, excuse my language, you F this crap. Or you say, you know what, me, if you're working, you just say, hey, maybe I can't do this 10 to 20 more years. It doesn't sound so bad, but you also got to realize it comes with the territory. It definitely comes with the territory. Nothing at all worth fighting for comes easy. Me personally, a thought just came through my head. I, I thought, and I'm going to share it. I think about when, um, it was a few years ago, there was a girl in the NCAA. She had a, she missed, she missed the game winning shot to win a national championship. And Kobe had ran into her. This was, of course, why he was alive. So Kobe had ran into her a few months after she had missed that shot. And he asked her, did she watch the tape? They were going to work out together. And she and he asked her, uh, did she take time to watch the tape and the play? And she told him, no, absolutely. It, it disgusted her that the fact that she missed it and she never wanted to see that player do that again. And then for like an hour, I believe, the story is that they watched it over and over and over again. Now, you might be like, how can you spend an hour just watching somebody shoot the ball and it hits the rim and goes off, right? And then she breaks down and she starts crying. Like, how can you literally watch that for a whole hour? But then when they start explaining the Kobe, the mama mindset, by them watching it over and over, they start studying everything. 
how she came onto the floor after their team called timeout. The footwork to get open as she received the ball. The ball handling to get into, get the shot off. Her leverage to getting the shot off and then her follow through. See, all that played a role into the shot being missed. Now you might be saying, come on, man, this is an OTC podcast, small cap pennies. We, we talking about, why are you talking about this? Now I'm saying this because in trading, you have to be willing to face your mistakes. Otherwise you'll do it over and over again. Straight up, you will. And it's important that you realize this because especially with billions of dollars back now flowing in the OTC, things are going to heat up. Things will heat up and it may not feel like it now because you might be have holding certain stocks, but it's coming and you have to have had that moment of when you have taken time to look back at your mistakes. I try to do it several times a year. Matter of fact, I just did it this week and it was frustrating, not just with my, not even looking back at OTC only, just all my plays, just the ones that I felt like I should execute it better. I went back and it's easy to get stuck on that that profit loss line, right? Like, man, I lost 25 grand or I lost 5,000 or I gained 5,000. But when you start dissecting it and you start pulling out those layers of why you lost it or why you gained it, that's when you start having feelings when you're like sick to your stomach. Uh, when you start cussing yourself out, you start making like, man, I could have used that money for this or I could have just gave it away to this program or I could have did that. But by doing that, it just makes you much, much better. You don't even realize it. And maybe I'll take time to do an episode of just sharing how I review things, sharing the emotion behind it. But I, right now, I don't want to deviate too much in that field. But it's more important that you, it's more important for me to get across the importance of looking back and uh, just introducing the fact that you need to dissect what went right, what went wrong, and the steps into it. Not just... Um, I heard somebody say, oh, I lost two million. I made two million and I lost it. Okay, so why did you lose it? It's easy to say, oh, I didn't sell at the top. Well, what decisions played a role for you not selling? That's the stuff you have to think for, think of. You know, why wasn't uh, $1,000 good back then, but it is now? So it's going to be very frustrating. You're going to have those moments. Don't take it out on anyone. Use that experience to move forward. Use those experiences of feeling sick to your stomach, frustrated. Heck, you might even feel like a loser. Those are all human emotions that you have to face. You can't, you can't um, run from them. Expect to continually trade the stock market. I promise you, if you don't do that, history is going to repeat itself. And if it don't, it's because you decided to quit. There's no ends, ins and outs, ways around it. It is what it is. It's the truth. You got to face it. The sooner you do it, the better you're going to become. And um, I would like to hope and believe the better you become, the better you execute. And I say this because what I don't want is people to fall susceptible to uh, fake plays. With so much money now out there in the OTC now, you're going to see fake plays out there. Unfortunately, it happens. I don't know how to stop it. Heck, this week alone, this past week alone, LTUM was a fake play. It went from like 30 cent, I believe, to a dollar in less than like 20 minutes. I know less than an hour. I saw the news. I saw the volume coming in. So for me, it was like a quick trade, but I wasn't going to mention it on Twitter. I wasn't going to mention it on any group chats. And I wasn't going to mention it because I didn't trust the news. 
news and it, it just sounds too real to be too good to be true. And then when you look at the way the news was written and what it was written on, it wasn't a reliable source of documentation. However, since it had not moved yet and the volume coming in, it indicated that it would be a pop. And then I had concern that those who had mass followings started to share that news and push it. So I felt more motivated to speak up that the news was probably fake. And I explained why. I wasn't trying to hate or I didn't want anyone to make any money or I didn't want to have a runner go south. I just didn't feel comfortable knowing that as it went to 30, 16, then 90 cent, there's going to be people that start chasing it and they're going to lose out and they're going to lose their tail on some news that's in the end, it came out. It wasn't true. And then when you look at the news, it had the name Tesla in it. And with Elon doing everything he's doing, trying to buy Twitter, you know, trying to fly to space. He has these, he has this company and he's so active. You don't think that would have made CNBC. I see my TV stays on CNBC. So as quick as it went up, it came back down as quicker. And then you have people, I'm like, I hope people aren't trying to pop it. Meaning it goes from 90 cents to 60 cents to 40 cents. And people are like, I'm going to buy the dip right now. The news was fake. So it had no choice, but keep coming down. And so that's why you have to be careful when you're following people who have massive followings. Some people have gotten because maybe when the market was hot, they share, you know, how much they made. And now people are like, oh, I'm going to get in. So you got to think about it. Most of these people are not telling you how to find a stock. They're sharing a stock. So they're already in that stock. So as you buy that stock, because that person mentioned it, it's going up. They sell. It comes back down because they were already in before you. You decide to sell. They share that they got a gain, which gets them more followers, but you suffered a loss. So you're actually questioning yourself on whether or not you can trade because they won and you lost. And what I mean by they won and you lost, they their profit loss is in profit and you your profit loss is in a loss. But it is kind of your fault because you're following someone blind. Versus taking time to learn, taking time to do the research. You're following someone of the, the instant high of chasing something that could be this one GameStop play or this one DWAC play that runs ridiculous. It happens. It probably happened five to 10 times a year, but those things come naturally. They don't come when you're looking for them. That's what people don't realize. So make sure you're trading as all this money is coming back into the OTC. You're trading from, you're not trading from a sense of desperation because if you are trading from a sense of desperation, you're going to make those mistakes. You're going to chase things that shouldn't be chased. You're going to fall for pump and dump news. And definitely that's not something that I want anybody I'm affiliated with or anybody I talk to or uh, just, you know, had conversation with ever to fall in. Uh, speaking of trading and understanding and knowing the difference of uh, investing, let's let's transition a little bit because I think people blend the two together. And relatively speaking, trading and investing, it is the same. You're literally buying a security and you're selling a security. But just like I said about reevaluating um, your trading style, your methods, your mistakes, your gains, and your losses, let's let's dig a little deeper on on exactly uh, investing and trading. And this is all my personal opinion. I didn't take, I'm not going to read stuff off Investopedia and give you the, the uh, Investopedia definition of um, investing and trading. You can do that yourself. 
But to me, when you're investing, think um, retirement plans. Think, heck, when during the pandemic, Tesla was 50 bucks. That's a, that's a solid investment because it ran to a thousand twice after the stock split as well. Thinking about buying a stock that's nearest low, right? That's a stock that you, you've done the research, the company and things of that nature is nearest lowest. It hasn't moved much. You're buying, you buy then and you're holding the dips don't bother you, right? Those are investments. You, the dips don't bother you. Like people don't panic. Most people don't panic when they're 401k dips and they're in the age of 25 because that's an investment for the future. That's investing, right? You have a bigger vision. So you're not worried about that. You, you're, the day-to-day fluctuations do not bother you. Heck, on those day-to-day fluctuations, you might even add to your stash because you have a bigger perspective. You have no problem being patient and just taking your time. That's investing, right? There are plays in the OTC that you buy. Like back in the day, it was like you look for something in the trips and earlier in the story, that was investing. Now trading, trading is a little bit different in my opinion. You typically, you have an idea of when you want to get out before you even get in the stock. Uh, most of the time for some, it's a quick play. Right. It's one of the ones that you, you're going to day trade. Uh, it's a runner. It's a stock that's already running. You maybe missed out on buying low, but you feel like it can go up a little bit more. So you get in and out. That's trading. Heck, you may even take time chasing a stock. If you are into chasing, that's trading. Runners dip. They go up 100, 200 percent in a day. Then they come back down and you play the dip. Now you're trading. You're willing to cut losses quicker in the same day, right? Maybe it didn't go out, go and work as, work as you planned. And you, you were just trying to play it for a quick move. So you, you cut your losses. That's trading. Indicators, right? Indicators I've spoken about, did episodes on. There's a ton, hundreds of indicators. They mean a lot when it comes to trading. Trading is high risk and high reward. But you can limit your risk and maximize your reward by being disciplined. However, many errors, mistakes I feel people make when it comes to trading are this. Revenge trading. Revenge trading is you've lost uh, money and now you're trying to get it back on your next trading. You will dig a deeper hole. I speak that from experience. When I, when I, I can't remember a time revenge trading worked for me, to be honest. And that's why I never do it again. Each trade is kept as a separate and each trade has its own goals. Allowing a trade to become an investment because you don't want to cut the losses. So there is times where it may be a runner and you're like, oh, you give in to the fear of missing out. Or for whatever reason, you chase a runner. You get in. It doesn't work. You refuse to cut your loss. So now you find yourself just holding it, holding it, and holding it. And now you're treating it like investment. Oh, I'm going to be patient. That's a mistake people make. It's okay to cut losses. Like, if you're in the sports, do you make every shot? If you run a race, do you win every race? So if we're trading, are you going to create uh, and get profit every single time? In a perfect world, yes. But realistically, if you're able to minimize your losses, you can then uh, re-enter a stock and maximize your gains. Not being disciplined. If you have certain daily goals, and then you meet that daily goal, and then you want to go for more, chances are it's not going to work out for you. And I'm not even trying to be Debbie Downer. I'm just, 
some of these I've experienced myself throughout over a decade of trading, and then some I've observed. So I'm just sharing some of these things. Or you might have your own rules and you, or you might not have any rules. So if you don't have any rules in your trading, how do you know what to follow? And if you do have rules in your trading and you don't follow, you're still making the same mistake. And then I give you one more, uh, swinging for a home run. And that might fall in line with trading from desperation, uh, but swinging for a home run, thinking that everyone's going to be the next runner versus letting those singles add up. And I actually had a talk with my own self. There was, um, during my trading experiences a while ago, it was the whole mindset of like, say for instance, if you're good at making trades and you make like, let's say a thousand dollars for simple math a day. Now it's about 200, I believe 50, 253 trading days. Now if you're able to make a thousand dollars a day, that's uh, well, a quarter of a million dollars. When has a quarter of a million dollars never been enough to survive, to live, to do whatever you want, right? So having that perspective is like, why is it ever okay to be greedy when trading versus being disciplined? Why not let the singles add up to a quarter of a million dollars? And that's just simple math. Like if you can divide it by half and you say, what, 500? Still 500 a day is like 126,000. That's still a win. Why not be disciplined? There are so many things that come to mind, so many mistakes that people make. I can go on and on. But I think you, you now have an idea of like investing versus trading, especially in the LTC, investing, seeing things that's in the low, or maybe the volume preceded the price you got in, but you, you love the story. And as it goes down, you just continually add that's investing because you had a bigger vision. So you're willing to hold, but then you have those stocks like LTUM. I don't know what the company does. I just saw the fake news and people chased it. That's trading. Right, you're chasing something. Now, what I hope is that those who chased it high cut their losses quicker. Let this be a learning experience. And it's easy for me to share these stories and then on the receiving end, they're like, well, that'll never be me. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. No matter how many stories you hear, it's like human nature tried to prove those stories wrong. That's not me. Ideally, I would hope that people would say it's not them and they would then follow it. But the truth of the matter is, they don't. But if you're able to avoid at least these mistakes, I believe you're, you're, you'll be off on a good start. Or you continue on, right? You're, you, if you've already been successful or had some success, this will help just like fine tune it up. All right, let's go ahead and transition a little bit more to reviewing some, some tickers. No, I can't end the episode without doing that especially uh, with this week, you know, I sent that tax payment in. So now I'm in a better mood, feel much better. So with small caps, necessarily this week, it was a short week. I didn't see anything that really stood out. I didn't play anything that was worth sharing. Uh, I had a few pops that, you know, personally traded, but nothing really stood out to share as far as small cap pennies. And it's going to be like that. There's... It is what it is. Now with the OTC, Monday, April 11th, IGEX moved 20.73%. A lot of dollars traded that, uh, into that stock. Based on what I was able to research and find, it just feels like the volume is preceding the price. And many people are expecting a update on the merger. 
from my understanding, I have not personally been able to find the company that's supposed to merge into IGEX. If you are able, shoot me a Twitter message, Stock Whisper, uh, because I would like to share that also, but I would like to also um, solidify my own DD and trying to make a solid decision. RSHN moved 46.15%. Again, that's 46%. Uh, they put out a tweet basically indicating that they have cleared the audit but need the official opinion and report before they can start announcing any major announcements. So this is one where people may be treating this like an investment, getting in early, continually buy if they see any dips prior to any major announcements. Remember, they also put out updates and they were canceling the reverse split. So then rounding off Monday, NUGN moved 33% as the company launches the next, their next generation premium entertainment with the, uh, with Subsidiary Bozo production. So, and that's B O S O. So I might B O X O production. So sorry, not Bozo Boxo productions. Wasn't trying to make fun of the name or anything that moved 33%. Tuesday, April 12th, P U G E moved 33% as well as they shared a letter to the investors. I think that in, with the new CEO, he's being more upfront. He's communicating more and it's, it's rubbing the people the right way, especially those who bought in and been in for a while. MONI, Money moved 12%. Nice continuation as, and with on this day, the president put out a tweet and she's normally very quiet, but you can tell so much more is in store. So much more is in store as they're slowly starting to reveal more and more. Um, the volume is slowly creeping up. The price is slowly going up and time will tell. SFIO, Moved 28% as the company put out a tweet, um, basically indicating that they are in progress of discussing their 100 million joint venture development in the Philippines. Wednesday, April 13th, the only thing I saw that stood out was CNNA. CNNA moved 22%. Annual report was dropped and it caused a nice pop. So again, a catalyst, a fouling, a fouling moved the ticker. If you're not familiar with our some of the catalysts, I, I advise you, not advise, I suggest you might want to listen to some of the earlier episodes that talks about knowing the catalyst and understanding the catalyst and how you may want to play them. Thursday, April 14th, IKTO moved 71%. This is a low float stock. Uh, earlier in the week, they dropped filings, but it feels like it was just a late reaction to the filings. I didn't see anything else. The volume proceeded, uh, this more feels like a volume proceeds price type of play. Hopefully we get an update now that the filings are out. ARGQ moved 30% and just a nice bounce off the small sell-off as many people are anticipating, uh, anticipating the company completing the deal that they gave an update on earlier this month by the end of the month. And then rounding off the week, on Thursday was NUGN, it moved 23%. As from my understanding, the shell is expected to fall off. So it's, it won't, it will no longer be a shell. And then maybe hopefully we get an update on who the reverse, uh, who's the candidate is for the reverse merger. So definitely want to keep an eye on Friday, April 15th was good, was good Friday for the United States. So the stock market was closed. That uh, rounds off the week. Now moving on to the segment of ticker of the day. This ticker doesn't get a lot of volume. Does, and if it does get a lot of volume, it's going, it's going to the dollars. I can tell you that now because, uh, because of the share structure. 
this ticker, the company has a AS of 50 million and OS of 4.91 million. Last year, rumors alone of possible merger when it was going through the whole custodialship, it ran from pennies to multiple dollars just off the rumor. Now it is a SSM play and I think a lot of people are like hesitant with those until they get updates, especially as after the last SSM play with the FBCD, who they were connected to, debacle of it running and then it being revealed who it was sold to and it just had that massive sell-off. But since then, uh, SSM put out the update that they has distanced themselves from anyone and they're handling the rest on their own, which is very important. So I believe uh, the next true SSM play is going to really tell all. And I think they're going all out for all their tickers moving forward. This one, TNBI, it doesn't look like they, have, they need any more court dates or anything. It's just a matter of finding the appropriate company and merger, which rumors are starting to swirl that, you know, SSM is definitely has some, uh, com uh, some companies in mind. So only time will truly tell. I will be watching this. This is a must have for my own personal watch list every day because the minute the volume comes in or the minute we get any kind of update and it's a good one, it is gone. It can cause a massive move. I promise you that 4.91 million shares. So it's not many shares out there. So keep that in mind. Not a lot of volume, doesn't have a lot of trades each day, but one definitely not lose focus on. This ticker is T-N-B-I. Again, that's T-N-B-I. One I'm definitely will be watching. Before I conclude today's episode, I love, and I, it's actually been therapeutic for me to end it with words of positivity. I saw a quote. It didn't say who actually came up with it, but I know I did not come up with it. And the quote is basically the greatest waste is who we are versus who we become. Um, we all have dreams. We all have goals. Uh, some people decide to pursue them. Some people find reasons not to. Those who pursue them, many quit. And those who refuse to quit eventually figure it out. Now, whenever we have goals and dreams, what keeps, what keeps you from them? I'm just asking. What keeps you from pursuing your goals and dreams and what keeps you from accomplishing them? You don't want to look back in life and think about what all the stuff you could have done and what you could have accomplished, but you hesitated. You didn't pursue it. You didn't want to put in the work. You felt you, you came up with all kinds of excuses. And maybe your dream and goal isn't to be a huge trader or investor. Maybe you have different dreams and goals. We all have different paths, but allow this tool of the stock market to fund those dreams and goals. Use this tool. Don't let it use you. If you want to be a, a, a trader, master a style that works for you. My most frustrating moments is trying to trade like someone else. Simple as that. You got to do what's for you. If you have a different vision, again, allow trading to fund it. Now, this concludes today's episode. As always, if you can, please rate, write a review of the platform you're listening to allows you to do so. If you have any questions or topic requests, please email me at pennystockwhisperer at gmail.com. Again, that's pennystockwhisperer at gmail.com. Other than that, have a good day and see you later.